your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 640 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, want to get to a couple of different topics. Obviously, the uh, dust is still sort of settling on free agency. And in fact, there are some players uh, still out there, still unsigned. Uh, the Rangers would appear to be just about done, but that's actually going to be one of the topics of today's episode. We're going to talk about uh, Tyler Mott. He is the lone unrestricted free agent by the New York Rangers who is yet to sign anywhere, and he is still technically available. We're going to talk if there's any path uh, for Tyler Mott potentially returning to the New York Rangers next season. I know a lot of fans uh, became a pretty big uh, supporter of Tyler Mott in a pretty short amount of time last season during his brief run with the New York Rangers. You can count me among you, and we're going to take a look. There might be one way, one way that the Rangers might still be able to bring back Tyler Mott. I wouldn't really expect it to happen, but we're going to look at the situation and see if there's anything we can come up with. So we'll get to Tyler Mott in just a second. We're also going to talk about uh, the Rangers departed unrestricted free agents. Uh, as we mentioned, Tyler Mott is still out there. Every single other New York Ranger impending unrestricted free agent uh, for this offseason has now signed with a different team. So it's entirely possible the Rangers don't bring back any of their UFAs uh, from this past season. And we're also going to look at the backup goalie situation. Obviously, the Rangers uh, bring in both Yaroslav Halak and Louis Domingue, and we're going to look at how uh, that kind of stacks up going forward. And there's a whole bunch of other stuff I want to get to, but that's the beauty of a daily podcast. We can kind of space it out over some time. I would definitely want to talk more about Vincent Trocek, how he fits into this team. Got to get to the Patrick Nemeth trade to Arizona, uh, just overall roster construction, and a whole lot else. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and talk about this Tyler Mott situation here. And we got to start with Mott. We got to cover him in today's episode because... As I just mentioned, uh, unrestricted free agency is still ongoing, and technically, Tyler Mott could sign somewhere while I'm completing this sentence right here and right now. So uh, we got to talk about Tyler Mott. For me, I would love to have him back. Uh, just an ideal fourth-line player, plays with a ton of energy, really seemed to give the Rangers fourth line a little bit of a boost as soon as he came over in the trade and you know into the playoffs as well. Just a very tenacious player, not the biggest guy on the ice, but uh, one of those guys who term that gets thrown around a lot, but he plays every single shift like it's his last. And he just seems like one of those guys that if you're on the opposing team, he would just be a complete pain in the butt to play against. Uh, again, just brings a lot of energy. He's a complete buzzsaw out there. And, you know, he's not necessarily somebody who, you know, is going to go out there and, and deliver bone jarring hits. I mean, he'll hit a little bit. He's not somebody that's going to, you know, I think try to play the mental game all that much. I don't see him really mixing it up after the play all that often, but he's somebody who just, uh, he's always right there. You know, he's always pressuring the puck. He's always right in your face uh, during a play, you know, trying to get the puck away from you. Uh, excellent penalty killer, aggressive, but smart penalty killer. He's like a gnat that you just can't swat away. And I mean that in the most uh, positive, complimentary way possible. And, you know, Chris Jury talked about this the other day. He mentioned, he was asked about Tyler Mott and the possibility of still bringing him back. And he pretty much admitted that, you know, he's not so sure that it can happen because uh, the Rangers are pretty tight against the salary cap right now. 
and that certainly appears to be the case. The Rangers have about $3 million left in salary cap, and they're going to need about $2.2 million, $2.3 million to re-sign Capo Caco, so that would not seem to leave any space left uh, for somebody like Tyler Mott, who would uh, you know, probably be getting around... I don't know, Vermont, maybe like 1.7, 1.8, 1.9, million, $2 million, somewhere in that area. But we know that he's got to be a favorite of Chris Jury. I mean, for starters, he traded for him this past offseason, looking to obviously strengthen the Rangers for their stretch run and also their postseason run as well. Jury likes those kind of players that are just tenacious and tough to play against. Uh, I think that was pretty obvious when uh, the one big move that he was able to make yesterday was bring in Vincent Trocek, who, again, a uh, complete pain in the butt to play against. Uh, we've definitely seen that during Trocek's time with both the Panthers as well as the Hurricanes. As far as Mott and, you know, the impact that he made on the Rangers last season, once again, came over in a trade right at the zero hour at the deadline, played in a handful of games for the New York Rangers, got taken out by Anthony Angelo from the Penguins. Uh, and then he beat his timetable to come back. You know, the rumor was that uh, Mott was not going to be back with the Rangers unless they made a pretty significantly deep run into the playoffs. But he came back in the first round, got back out there for game six against the Penguins, and uh, scored a big goal in game six against the Hurricanes with the Rangers facing elimination. Somebody that I think uh, did a lot to help this team make it as far as they did in the playoffs. I mean, he's not a superstar player, but like I said, does a lot of the little things very, very well. And again, somebody that... Uh, just really kind of won himself over among Ranger fans pretty quickly. And there's a lot of Ranger fans out there right now on Twitter or anywhere else that uh, they definitely would like to see Tyler Mott come back as a New York Ranger. The biggest reason, as we've mentioned, as we've discussed on here, why it's going to be difficult to do this is because, say it with me, the cap crunch. Uh, the cap situation right now, as I just mentioned, you know, the Rangers only have about $3 million dollars remaining in cap space. Capo Caco needs his new contract. He's expected to once again come in at around $2.2, $2.3 million. And that simply does not leave you enough money to sign Tyler Mott. And there is one other way that I could see this at least being possible. And the way to do that would be to trade Ryan Reeves. And I'm not necessarily advocating for something like this. I think that uh, Ryan Reeves really made a positive impact on this Ranger team last season. You know, he was the oldest guy in the room by quite a few years. I think he was the oldest player on the Rangers by about four years last year. He was 35. Nobody else was older than 31. Uh, he's somebody that obviously plays that enforcer role and does that very well. Uh, he goes out there, throws his weight around, he hits. And honestly, you know, even if you take away the intimidation factor and the enforcer role and everything, I don't think Ryan Reeves is really that bad of a fourth line player in the first place. Obviously, he plays a very physical game, which is something that you want. And as far as, you know, offense is concerned, I believe he ended up with like 13 points last season, which is not a tremendous amount, but for a fourth liner and a guy whose job is to go out there and once again be the enforcer, uh, I think that that's just fine. And I think Reeves overall had a nice season with the Rangers. I will say the one knock on him is probably in the playoffs this past season. Couple of bad penalties, you know, you end up being a healthy scratch for the last few games against Tampa because of that. And there were times in the postseason where it just seemed like he struggled to keep up with the pace of play. I don't think that was an issue for him in the regular season, but obviously the playoffs roll around. Everything's moving faster. Everything is more intense. And, uh, you know, Reeves is getting up there a little bit. He is uh, now 35 years old, I believe it is, or uh, I think he's going to turn 36 at some point during the season. Yeah, he'll be 36 in January. So, he was never really the most nimble, the most fleet of foot player to begin with. And now that he's getting a little bit older, I think that stands out a little bit more, especially when it comes to Stanley Cup playoff action. But the reason I bring up the concept of Ryan Reeves being uh, potentially, uh, you know, traded in order to make room for Tyler Mott is because, you know, when you look at his contract here, 
He is currently playing out uh, the second year of a $1.75 million deal. And actually, when the Rangers acquired him last year in the trade, he only had one year left on his contract. The Rangers and Reeves pretty quickly agreed to tack on an extra year, extend his contract, and he will, as it stands right now, make $1.75 million next season. Well, if Ryan Reeves is traded... And it would pretty much have to be either for like a minor leaguer and somebody who's not going to make any money or for a draft pick. Uh, if that happens, then that frees up an extra $1.75 million. It's possible you could then use that money, put that toward re-signing Tyler Mott. Because if you take the $1.75 million that's going to Ryan Reeves and the approximately eight hundred dollars that will be left after the Rangers sign Capo Caco, you're looking at about $2.5 million, which would be enough to sign Tyler Mott uh, more likely than not. So that is an option. And I'm really torn. I mean, they're two very different players. I mean, the only similarity is really that they play on the fourth line. It's tough. Um, I think I would probably slightly prefer... Oh, God. I was going to say Tyler Mott, and then I think about the impact that Ryan Reeves made on this team and, you know, the fact that he gets to play the big brother role for some of these guys. But then you think about Tyler Mott and uh, the fact that you could maybe, you know, extend him beyond this season at a reasonable cost. I think I might have to slightly lean toward Tyler Mott. I will miss Reeves and uh, the personality that he brings and, you know, uh, the physicality as well. But the Rangers have a lot of forwards and a lot of players in general that certainly bring physicality and also guys that can drop the gloves if and when the situation calls for it. So if I was the Rangers and I had this option where I could trade Ryan Reeves for, say, like a fourth-round pick, maybe a fifth-round pick, uh, we'll see whatever they would be able to get in exchange for him. But if they could do that and then, ex uh, excuse me, um, sign Tyler Mott to a new deal— that might be possible. The only tricky thing there is if you give Tyler Mott a multi-year deal, then he's also cutting into your salary cap situation for next year, and the salary cap situation is going to be pretty tight next year as well, and you're going to need that money to you know, give new contracts to guys like Alexi Lafreniere and Ke'Andre Miller, possibly Philip Heedle as well. It's possible that Heedle ends up getting traded because the Rangers just can't afford him at that point. That's another conversation for another day, but as far as Mott versus Reeves, I think I would lean slightly, slightly toward Tyler Mott, but I like both players, and I'll be happy with whatever the Rangers uh, choose to do. It's just unfortunate that, you know, again, Tyler Mott uh, looks like has probably played his last game as a New York Ranger, but we'll see. You never know for sure. And speaking of unrestricted free agents on the New York Rangers, we are going to basically just run through the gauntlet next and just kind of talk about, you know, all the departed UFAs and where they signed and how they might fit in with their new team. We're going to go through it fairly quickly. And, uh, you know, at some point we might dive into, you know, some of these contracts and some of these situations in greater detail, but uh, I do want to at least mention, you know, where all these guys sign and share my quick thoughts on that. The players, once again, that will no longer be wearing New York Ranger blue next season. We will do that in just a second, but first, just want to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, I just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. 
All right, so as promised, we're going to basically just uh, go ahead and run through the gauntlet here of New York Ranger departed free agents. Uh, by my count, there are six New York Ranger free agents uh, that have signed with a new team since the start of unrestricted free agency yesterday. And we'll go ahead and, like I said, just kind of run through here uh, as far as, you know, highest price free agent to lowest price free agent among these six players here. Uh, for starters, you got Andrew Kopp. Kopp signs with the Detroit Red Wings a five-year deal worth an average annual value of $5.625 million for a total uh, contract of $28.125 million. And I know there's a lot of Ranger fans that were hoping that they would bring back Andrew Kopp. I mean, for me, it really is a toss-up between Andrew Kopp and Vincent Trocek. I like both players a lot. I think you can make a case for either one of them. Uh, what's very interesting here is that Trocek and Kopp both get the exact same average annual value from their new team. Uh, Kopp is getting $5.625 million from Detroit. That is the exact same amount that the Rangers will be paying per season for Vincent Trocek. The only difference is that Vincent Trocek's contract will last uh, an extra two years on top of uh, you know the, the five that Andrew Kopp is getting. Vincent Trocek will have a seven-year deal with the New York Rangers. Um, and again, it's it's fine. I mean, like I said, it was a toss-up. I know Andrew Kopp is another one of those players. We just talked about Mott. Kopp won over Ranger fans uh, in a heck of a hurry and was a big-time contributor for this team down the stretch, uh, producing offensively more than he had really at any point in his career. And uh, I, for one, would like to wish all the best to Andrew Kopp with the Detroit Red Wings. One thing that's very interesting here, though, is that Cop mentioned during an interview that he never actually got an offer from the New York Rangers. You know, the Rangers, it sounded like them and Cop were continuing to talk through the weekend, but that nothing ever really came that close. And obviously, if you don't make an offer, you've got no chance of re-signing uh, your guy, Andrew Cop here. So uh, the Rangers, I think that says to me that they were really all in on Vincent Trocek. They really wanted to get Trocek, and they strongly prefer him over both Andrew Kopp and this next player that I'm going to talk about, Ryan Strom. Ryan Strom, uh, by far the longest tenured Ranger as far as guys that departed here. Uh, he signs with the Anaheim Ducks, a five-year contract worth $5 million per season. And, you know, coming into free agency, like I said, I was going to be very, very interested to see between, you know, Strom and Kopp, which one of them gets more years, which one of them gets more dollars. We now have our answer. They both get five years. Andrew Kopp gets slightly more money uh, per season. Uh, again, Kopp at 5.625, Ryan Strom at $5 million even. Strom did a heck of a job for the New York Rangers, and they absolutely uh, fleeced the Edmonton Oilers when they traded for him. The Rangers acquired Ryan Strom in exchange for Ryan Spooner just straight up. And uh, Ryan Spooner, after that trade, only played, I think it was about 35 more NHL games. And Ryan Strome, meanwhile, uh, established himself as a bonafide second-line center. And at some point this offseason, you know, probably in the next week or two here, we're going to uh, give Ryan Strome a proper farewell, kind of dedicate an episode to him. We did the same thing with Alex Georgiev. Anybody who's on the Rangers for a certain amount of seasons and does enough good things for this team, uh, certainly we're going to take the time to uh, you know send them off in a good way and uh, talk about their career highlights and everything. I realize he was a polarizing Ranger at times, but the one thing that I've always said to Ranger fans, for Ranger fans that have been looking to run this guy out of town for you know the past year or two or maybe even longer, the one thing I've always said is be careful what you wish for because as far as the Rangers' second line is concerned, they didn't have anything even resembling an option that was better than Ryan Strom over the past few years. Now, of course, this offseason, they bring in Vincent Trocek. So Trocek's a better option uh, to slot in on that second line, which is what I think he will do. He's a better option than anybody that the Rangers have had in years past. But I'll repeat that 
right here, right now, because you never know how, you know, players are going to gel, you know, as far as like Trocek and Panarin is concerned. I do think it is a little bit of an upgrade going from Strom to Trocek, but it is something of an unknown, exactly how Trocek is going to gel with this team and specifically with Artemi Panarin if they end up on the same line. So again, all the best to Stromer, did a great job while he was here. Uh, we move right along to Frank Vetrano. I was kind of hopeful that Vetrano might end up re-signing with the Rangers. I thought maybe he could be had on like a three-year deal at $3 million per season. And as it turns out, that's just about what he got from the Ducks. Actually, a little bit more than that. He got three years at $3.65 million per season. So uh, good on Frank Vetrano for getting himself paid, getting uh, what is obviously the nicest contract that he's ever had in his career. He was the first of uh, several players that the Rangers brought in at the deadline, and I thought he did a really nice job. The Rangers really needed a sniper, somebody with that shoot-first mentality. That's kind of what they lack, and Vitrano did an awesome job there. Uh, he's great on the rush, has excellent speed, feisty player as well, so I'm definitely going to miss Frank Vitrano, uh, but it's probably just a situation where that was just a little bit too rich for the New York Rangers. Once the Rangers brought in Vincent Trocek, it pretty much meant that uh, Cop, Strom, and Vitrano were all gone. There was no way you are going to be able to bring in Trocek and also re-sign one of those players. I mean, Vitrano, maybe. If Vitrano was willing to take you know, a pretty big hometown discount, but even then, you'd probably have to make some other move and trade away some salary, find a way to shed some salary. Uh, just wasn't looking good for any of those three players once Vincent Trocek was signed. Uh, we've also got Kevin Rooney. Uh, he signs a two-year deal with the Calgary Flames. He will make a total of $2.6 million, so obviously $1.3 million per season, and good for Kevin Rooney. This is the first time in his career that he's ever made seven figures, and he does so fairly comfortably. You know, he's established himself as a solid fourth-line player over these last few years with the Rangers. He's somebody that was kind of a personal favorite of mine, did an excellent job on the penalty kill. He actually had this weird uh, start to the season where he was scoring goals at a, a pretty exciting clip. You're almost thinking like, man, is, is Kevin Rooney going to add some serious offense to his game and you know, he obviously didn't keep that up, but uh, for what he is, you know, a defense first forward and a really strong penalty killer, uh, a very nice player and a really nice get for the Calgary Flames who have obviously had a bit of a tough offseason with the departure of Johnny Gaudreau. We'll even talk about Gaudreau at some point this offseason because, you know, the Rangers kind of dodged a bullet there. The fact that Gaudreau uh, went with the Columbus Blue Jackets instead of one of their division rivals, the three teams that were rumored to get him, either the Flyers or the Devils or the Islanders. So that's awesome that at least Gaudreau won't be playing uh, in the, well, he will be in the Ranger division, but not a direct rival of the New York Rangers. Uh, then we've also got Justin Braun. He obviously came over at the trade deadline and did the job that Patrick Nemeth completely failed at doing, which was to give the Rangers a solid veteran presence on the third pairing. I thought he did just fine. Uh, seemed to gel with Braden Schneider pretty well. Did a nice job playing the left side for what I think was the first time in his career. I mean, to my knowledge, he had only ever been a right defenseman. Uh, again, you know, just solid play. Not anything to uh, write home about, but just a, a very steady veteran presence on the blue line. He actually goes back to the Philadelphia Flyers on a one-year, $1.75 million deal. I'm not sure why he would go back to Philly. I mean, hey, maybe he's settled in Philly and uh, he might have a home there and uh, they thought there was a fit. He goes back to the Flyers. It doesn't seem like a place that you really want to be right now, but be that as it may, Justin Braun does go back to the Flyers and, uh, on a one-year contract. So, hey, if the Rangers, if there's an injury and uh, something goes wrong, the Rangers and Flyers can strike the same exact deal, maybe bring Justin Braun back. I don't look for that to happen. I think at this point, the Rangers are certainly looking to give uh, that sixth and final defenseman spot to one of the kids, be it Zach Jones or Matthew Robertson or Nils Lundqvist. So for that reason, not a surprise at all that the Rangers let Justin Braun walk in free agency. And then the last 
player to sign, at least so far, would be Keith Kincaid. Uh, he spent the vast majority of this past season with the Hartford Wolfpack. In fact, he played just one game for the New York Rangers. He goes to the Boston Bruins, uh, signs with them for the league minimum, a one-year $750,000 deal. At first, you know, when this offseason was about to begin, you know, really begin with free agency starting. I floated the idea of Keith Kincaid potentially being Igor Shesterkin's new backup goalie, but the Rangers obviously chose to go in a different direction as it pertains to uh, their other netminders. They bring in both Yaroslav Halak and Louis Domingue, and we are going to talk about that in just a second. I should also mention, though, uh, Greg McKegg is the other unrestricted free agent from the NHL roster, and he has yet to sign anywhere. So we'll see what ends up happening with Greg McKegg. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're like I said, we're going to shift our attention to the backup goalies, and we will do that in just a second. Okay, backup goalies for the New York Rangers. As we all know, Alex Georgiev, it was inevitable. You knew he was going to be traded. He ends up going to the Colorado Avalanche, the defending Stanley Cup champions. Looks like he's going to get to be their starting goalie there and uh, gets a nice uh, pay raise for himself as well. I believe the extension was for three years at $3.4 million per season. So good for Alex Georgiev. Obviously, that also you know, opened a uh, spot on this team as far as the backup goalie situation is concerned. And we spotlighted a few goalies, you know, earlier this week before free agency began, guys that might be options to come in and be the new Ranger backup netminder to Igor Shesterkin. And the guy that I liked above everybody else, uh, my top choice as far as unrestricted free agent goalies who were realistic as far as, you know, coming in and being a backup. Obviously, we're not going to include like Jack Campbell in that. You know, he's going to get his money and be a starter somewhere. Uh, but as far as realistic backup options, I threw out Yaroslav Halak as my top choice because, I mean, for starters, he's a veteran goalie. I think he's somebody that's been kind of underrated throughout his career. He's never been elite, but I feel like for probably about a decade now, he's been a at least slightly above average goalie, starting goalie in this league. And recently, you know, he's kind of been demoted and been a backup in the other places that he's landed. He was with the Canucks last season, not a great season uh, for Halak there in Vancouver, but he played the three seasons before that with the Boston Bruins and put up some really nice numbers, and I was thinking that he was the ideal backup for the New York Rangers. I didn't think that he would be in their price range, though. I figured that the Rangers, when it came to backup goalie, they were going to go really cheap. You know, we're talking like a million dollars or $1.2 million at the most. They bring in Yaroslav Halak for one year and $1.55 million, and it looks like it was a good choice because the Rangers uh, should get in under the salary cap. I mean, I know we talked about Tyler Mott earlier. Maybe there would be enough left for him if you went really, really cheap with the backup goalie. Like, you know, we're going to talk about Louis Domingue in a second here. If you just brought in Louis Domingue at seven point, or excuse me, uh, 750K, then that would leave you, instead of paying 1.55 to Yaroslav Halak, you'd pay 750K to Louis Domingue, and that would leave you with an extra 750K. So maybe I just talked myself out of this. Maybe uh, it would have been possible to then re-sign Tyler Mott if you didn't bring in Halak and you went with Louis Domingue. But you know what? I'm not going to go that far because I think Yaroslav Halak is quite a better goalie than Louis Domingue. And like I said, I think he was the ideal backup goalie for the Rangers to target. He's got Stanley Cup playoff experience. He's obviously a veteran. And look, if anything happens to Igor Shesterkin, the Rangers are certainly in trouble. You could say that about pretty much any team as it pertains to them, you know, potentially losing their starting goalie, especially come playoff time. But I think Yaroslav Halak... More than guys like, uh, you know, Martin Jones or David Riddick, these are other unrestricted free agent goalies that we talked about on here. I think that Yaroslav Halak, more so than any of them, probably gives you a chance. You know, if you're in the playoffs and you're in a situation where Igor Shesterkin gets hurt, 
Uh, obviously, knock on wood there, but if that were to happen and Yaroslav Halak had to step onto the ice for you know maybe two games, you'd like to think that he could at least win one out of those two games, maybe both of them, uh, play solid hockey, give you a chance to win. That's what you want from your backup goalie, and uh, I think Yaroslav Halak is somebody that can do that for the New York Rangers. So I'm very, very happy with that signing as well. Obviously, look, you know, the Vincent Trocek signing, that's going to claim all the headlines. That's going to be, you know, the front page news and whatnot. But I think the Rangers bringing Yaroslav Halak did very well for themselves. It is going to be a little bit different uh, having to root for Yaroslav Halak after years of him playing for the New York Islanders and the Boston Bruins. You know, he's always been the enemy. He's always been on a division rival or just a rival in general of the New York Rangers. And uh, now he's one of us. And uh, yeah, like I said, I think it's a really, really nice under-the-radar signing for the New York Rangers. One year, $1.55 million to Yaroslav Halak. And I also have to wonder, you know, obviously the Ranger fans, for years, whenever Henrik Lundqvist was having a big game, making nasty saves, standing on his head, whatever the situation was, you'd get the Henrik chance, right? And now they do the same thing with Igor. And, you know, whenever Alex Georgiev, this would happen every once in a while. If he was having a big game, you'd get the Georgie chance as well. I wonder about Halak. I would think Yarrow maybe would be the, the chant that makes the most sense. That seems like more fun than Halak. I, I would say Yarrow is probably the way to go there. But we'll see. Like I said, I think it's a, a really nice signing for the New York Rangers. And speaking of free agent goalies, the Rangers also add Louis Domingue to the mix. Now, Domingue, obviously, uh, I'll be honest, guys. Before that playoff series between the Rangers and the Penguins last season, I couldn't have even, for the life of me, told you where Louis Domingue was, what team he was on. I mean, obviously, I had heard of him. You know, he's been in the league for some time now. He's 30 years old, but I had no clue, you know, where he was. I figured he was in the AHL somewhere, and that was the case. Obviously, he spent most of last season with the AHL affiliate of the Pittsburgh Penguins, but then, you know, they get injuries to Jerry and to Smith, and Louis Domingue has to basically take over in net for the Penguins. He won that triple overtime game one against the Rangers, made some good saves in there, held down the fort for them. Uh, he was also exposed at times later in that playoff series. I think the one that really stands out was that game-winning goal in game six where Kreider put it at the net, and it basically just bounced off of his glove, went up into the air, uh, trickled down to the ice, and slid into the net. So uh, Louis Domingue, by no means a world beater, but the price is obviously right because the Rangers got him for the league minimum. They bring him in on a two-year deal worth 750 k per season, and I think I see why Chris Jury did it this way as it pertains to Halak and Domingue. So Halak only gets the one year at $1.55 million. Domingue gets two years at 750 k And Domingue, very likely, I mean, not even very likely, he is going to open the season in the AHL, provided there are no injuries to Igor Shesterkin or Yaroslav Halak. But after this season is over, if you're the Rangers, you know, with Louis Domingue, you have a new backup goalie in place if and when Yaroslav Halak walks in free agency after this season ends. And if Halak does that and you go with Louis Domingue, uh, then you have saved yourself about, not even about, exactly $750,000 on the salary cap because Domingue would be making $750K, whereas Yaroslav Halak is making $1.5 million uh, this season. So... Yeah, I think the idea there is that the Rangers are going to need every single dollar that they can get. And if Halak is too expensive next season, you let him walk in free agency. You make Louis Domingue the new backup goalie, or at least he'd be an option to be the new backup goalie. Once again, at just 750 k And you now have a little bit extra money as it pertains to other things you want to do, uh, namely giving money to guys like Alexi Lafreniere and Ke'Andre Miller. They are impending restricted free agents, as is Filipito. So again, the Rangers are going to need every dollar they can get. They're already saving money on their backup goalie. As things stand this season with Yaroslav Halak, they will be saving even more money next season if they transition to Louis Domingue in that role, once again, at just $750,000. So I like both of these signings by the New York Rangers, both of these goalies for all the reasons I just mentioned there. 
And like I said, you know, we're just scratching the surface of all the things that we've got to do in the preseason here. Uh, there's other things we got to talk about. We're going to get to that in the next episode. Uh, Patrick Nemeth being traded to the Coyotes. Uh, I'm also going to talk about why I think Brent Hoffman or Will Cooley or maybe somebody like Ryder Korzak can and likely will make the team this season. I don't think you're going to see like a bunch of them make the team, but I think one of those guys will make the opening night roster for the New York Rangers. We're going to talk about that in the next episode. We're also going to talk a little bit more about Vincent Trocek and how he fits into the team as well. Uh, the Rangers also signed 31-year-old center right winger Ryan Carpenter on a one-year $750,000 deal. So we have that to talk about as well. Very much looking forward to it. We never slow down here on Locked on New York Rangers because, well, Honestly, the NHL never really slows down. There aren't too many, uh, you know, slow periods on the calendar when it comes to the NHL. We just had the draft. We just had free agency. Free agency is still ongoing, and we're going to continue talking about everything New York Rangers uh, from here until the start of the season, and definitely looking forward to that uh, for sure. Uh, but thank you guys, as always, for tuning in to the Locked On New York Rangers podcast, your team every day. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is locked on nyrangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely make sure to subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers on YouTube. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast.